everybody, and welcome back to Knock on Wood, where we take a starter topic and then just move forward and discuss whatever the hell we want pertaining to pop culture. My guest this week is a fellow Sif Pop writer and an avid television watcher. This is Mike Hilty, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Greatly appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Of course, it's going to be great. Uh, you suggested uh, the topic of summer television uh, as the uh, as our starter uh, for this episode, and I know you watch a lot of TV. Do you prioritize television over uh, over movies? I I do for two reasons. So the first is that as somebody who writes for Sif Pop and I write for another site called Scribe. Uh, the options to to write about television are much easier to grab versus all of the TV options or all of the movie options at least. So it's it's much easier to grab a lot like a lot of different TV shows. Uh, plus, also I subscribe to a lot of different streaming services that I have various opinions about, but you know it is what it is, and it's I might as well take advantage of them if we're subscribing right. to all of them so exactly. television television as of late has been a priority i never would have thought in my life because i've been a huge movie fan my pretty much my entire life uh, i never thought that television would take priority or precedent mm -hmm. to it so this is this is a brand new adventure for me Right. Yeah. And, and especially now, you know, I have grown up in this, you know, the last five or six years has just been incredible. I mean, even the last decade has just been incredible for television and, you know, the growth of quote unquote prestige television, you know, HBO uh, to a lesser extent, Showtime. And now we have all, you know, Showtime, Cinemax, all those. And now we have all of the major streaming services, Disney Plus, uh, HBO Max that are competing with Netflix and they all have uh, a lot of originals themselves, some great, some passable, some not so great. Yep. Uh, and it's it's just I, I, I truly believe we're living in a golden age of a lot of things. And, and, and television is is one of them, because it seems that everyone is I mean, I know, you know, it's it's still a miracle that anything gets made and fully produced. But I feel like there's much more like th there's many more options these days for those who want to tell these these types of like any type of story. It seems that now they have more of an option because so many TV shows are doing well that are appealing to so many different groups and so many different uh, demographics. And that's that's a good point right now is that with so many different streaming services, if a, if if somebody wants to tell a particular story and they just want to do a miniseries, that can be optioned pretty much anywhere, anywhere, and it'll mm -hmm. it'll probably get picked up by somebody. Uh, then if they want to do like a full-on series or a sitcom, they've got plenty of options there. Even when a show dies to some extent or another, if it doesn't get renewed or if it gets canceled or if, you know, just something happens, there are way more opportunities for a show to get saved and to have a little bit more legs on a streaming service. So mm -hmm. there's there's definitely there's definitely tons of options. It's a little overwhelming at oh, times yeah. because uh, depending on the streaming service you have, depending on what cable package you have, just making time to prioritize all this stuff is is hard. But uh, if you love TV that much, you'll make it work, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, and and like there are so many shows on right now that I just don't have the time for that I really want to watch. Like I, I would really love to uh, sit down and binge uh, Blackbird, the new Apple TV Plus series. But I, you know, I, I simply do not have the time to go through six hours of television right now. I will watch it eventually. Probably, honestly, weirdly enough, when I go back to school, I'm going to have a lot more time <laughs> than I would have here. So I'm glad about that. But also, I just wish that I could be on top of everything, but I uh, have the, the, the plague of wanting to be busy all the time, and being busy all the time means that I don't get to watch as many, weirdly means that I don't get to watch as much as I want. But, right. you know, I, I guess that, you know, that's the world that I've built for myself. And at the same time, you know, a part of me knows that I'll, I'll watch what I want to watch, I'll get to everything that I want to, everything's going to be fine. But at the same time, I also want to watch everything. So there's the, you know, there's the, there's the balance there that is sometimes difficult to maintain. Right. Well, wanting to watch everything is just, it's more difficult than ever right now mm -hmm. because, um, so for instance, I, I, my most recent streaming service that I subscribed to was AMC Plus. Mm -hmm. And the reason why was because Amazon Prime 
and their infinite wisdom decided, hey, we're going to offer AMC Plus for 99 cents for the first two months. And we decided, or I decided, my, my <laughs> wife could really care less about AMC Plus, but I, I ultimately wanted to watch it for one reason. It's the newest season of Better Call Saul because I don't have, I don't have um, a cable subscription anymore. We are we've gone completely cordless when it comes to cable. Which I mean, streaming services are much, you know, depending on the ones that you subscribe to, it's it's not as expensive. It's definitely not as expensive, and there's almost too much content to watch now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm finding that AMC Plus actually has not bad stuff to watch. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but it's, it's, there's just too much to get to and only a finite amount of time. If, unless you just, this is all you do with your time, just sit down, watch TV and that's it. You know, with you, with you being in school and you know, I've, I've got a full-time job and a family. It's, it's just so difficult, but we Mm -hmm. just figure it out. We make time and just go from there. Right. And, and, you know, like sometimes I will find myself with too much, you know, like all of, all of a couple hours on like any given day. And if I somehow don't fill that with something else to do, I'll plop down on the couch and say, okay, I'm going to watch a two and a half hour movie now. And then I do that. Boop. The time's gone, but that's totally fine because I'm doing something that I love doing. Uh, And, and so, you know, time spent watching movies or TV, you know, especially if I can, you know, if I can ride the exercise bike while doing it, you know, like, like accomplish something else, then there's, you know, there's some, uh, I can, I can at least feel a little bit more accomplished, even though I love watching movies. There's just, you know, as I mentioned before, so much I want to do. And, you know, if I can get one or two more things done at the same time, you know, great. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. So uh, what are some of the shows that you're, that you're watching right now? Oh boy. Okay. So (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm looking at my list right now, and I'm sure your list is double the length. I'm well. I'm sure that I'm. I feel pretty confident there. There is a lot of overlap as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. So some things that I'm watching currently. Um, let's take a look at the list. So as as for mentioned, Better Call Saul. I'm, you know, just powering through that to the best of my abilities to get through and trying to savor that to, you know. A, can't believe it's coming to an end soon, but um, yeah. but there's that. Uh, I'm watching Only Murders in the Building. I'm watching Blackbird. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows. For All Mankind. Physical. The Orville. Uh, stuff that I've watched recently. Um, I just finished. I just finished the most recent season of This Is Us. Nice. I, uh, I just finished uh, Players on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, Irma Vep, the uh, the Old Man, Dark Winds, Resident Evil, This Is Going to Hurt, Miss Marvel, The Offer, The Boys, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, and The Bear. So that's and the Umbrella Academy. I could start with with those right. at least. I I've got. I've got a handful of other stuff in here that I that I've been watching as well that isn't as recent, but mm-hmm. that's that. I think that's a good start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, <clears throat> you are right. There is a lot of overlap. Uh, uh, what we do in the shadows, only murders in the building, and Better Call Saul are the big ones that I'm watching right now. Um, <clears throat> very excited for this week's episode of Better Call Saul. By the way, I know this this episode is actually going to be released weeks out, like in a, a couple weeks, but mm-hmm. you know, just. By then we're gonna know. Uh, we're gonna know what happens. Um, how, out of curiosity, how far have you gotten into Saul? Uh, so I am. I'm still, f- I think, three-ish episodes behind. So I'm, I'm semi-current, but I'm mm-hmm. still, still falling a little bit right. behind. Very nice. So yeah. So well, about, I'm sure by the end about, of the season you'll get there. Yeah. yeah. I've. My hope is to be be all set and ready to go with it by the end of August Mm because by the end of August um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of very important stuff coming on TV (laughs) and you know between House of Dragon which that comes out this month and then the I'm trying to clear up as much of of my time as possible for the Lord of the Rings TV show on Amazon which I don't 
I don't know what to expect from it because the mm-hmm. first trailer was man, the second trailer was like, uh oh, this 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 might be this might be really good. So now I just got to make sure to, you know, dedicate time to it. Like, and I'm curious to see if Amazon. I'm pretty sure Amazon's going to do it week to week with a lot of like they do with. A I lot think of they're dropping two shows. two first and then week to week. Uh, because. Amazon and Hulu are kind of like, well, we'll some of these will be week to week. Most of these though will just drop all at once, and mm-hmm. that's one that yeah, you. I'm really hoping that they just drop drop a couple episodes at first, like you said, and then go week to week because that that one will probably be one that everybody's going to be talking about. Yeah, I um <clears throat> that the first two episodes come out uh, two days before I leave for school, or I guess one day. And uh, I work in a movie theater uh, here in, in on, on Cape Cod, and so <clears throat> I'm going to try to uh, go in late on the day that the first two premiere and watch them on the big screen, because uh, I feel like that'll be, you know, that is honestly what it deserves. And I know, you know, Amazon Prime, TV, more content, more time, more minutes watched, but at the same time, I feel like it would be really great on the big screen. I agree. I agree with that. Especially um, because J.A. Bayona is, is directing the two pilot episodes, which is... Oh, that's yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's they're pulling that's, out the big guns. Yeah, that's that's exciting. And not only that, they are they pretty much backed a, a dump truck out and just be like, I I don't care how much this costs, just make it good and yep. we'll we'll just fund it. Okay, thanks, thanks Amazon. I, I think it's we'll one do. of the most expensive t- like shows ever made. Which which you know, given I mean Jeff Bezos could 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 fund this show and what like two days or something yeah absolutely (laughs) you know and still have billions of billions of dollars to go to space or you know do whatever it is that he wants to do so if he wants to fund you know a a lord of the rings passion project that is gonna cost you know an arm and a leg and it still be great quality fine you you do you you know exactly (laughs) um Another show, uh, so some other shows that you didn't mention on your list that I am watching, uh, Westworld season four. West, um, West Westworld's on the back burner. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So. I um I I I was able to see most of season four early, and so as of recording, we're just catching up with what I've seen. So I'm 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 excited to be in the dark again because as exciting as it is getting stuff early being you know watching stuff live and being able to react to it with everyone else is you know is its own kind of exciting yeah and um i know uh resident alien comes back this week as of when we're when we're recording and uh they just announced the other day that rick and morty uh season six i think starts in early september uh so that's exciting (laughs) uh i i hope that this does not uh change anything but rick and morty is a list of shame for wow yeah i i i love dan Harmon. i'm I'm a big community fan and it's just it's one of those things where like i'm i keep telling myself i'm gonna get to it i'm gonna get to it and here i am what feels like years later saying yeah i'm still trying to trying to get to it yeah well you're right that changed everything get off the podcast good night (laughs) Have have a good one, everyone. It's been real. Uh, thank you, thank you for having me. Good night. I will go uh, go in my corner of shame and just start watching Rick and Morty. Exactly. Right now. Just just watch it all day. No more family interaction. Yeah. Um. Definitely. You know. Definitely a recommendation. Um. Although you know, I feel like it's gotten a bad rap because it is a very good show, but it's. I know the um the fan base doesn't have a great reputation and i feel like that has like that's that's touched the show in a, in a negative way i think even though it it definitely doesn't deserve it and it's definitely you know it's not only for smart people it's not only well you know smart people we're all smart but you know <laughs> you know you know not only for people with a you know with a 160 iq or right. whatever um but yeah it's 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 just it's just fun and ridiculous and um you know there are five seasons but you know they go by super fast. I just rewatched season five before knowing that season six was coming uh, early. So great treat, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. So I wouldn't rush it, but when, when you can get to it, definitely. So, so you're telling me that the Rick and Morty fan base is the only fan base out there that, you know, is questionable when it comes to their, 
their fandom and just exactly. how they treat yeah every right. other every other fan base is perfect and loves I, all like loves all the movies love lo- you know loves all the actors involved loves every choice that exactly. you know that they make and everything yeah. like that okay good good to know <laughs> i i appreciate the clarification of course of course on that so good yeah good to know okay <laughs> Fair, yeah. Fair um, I also uh, I also watch Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I know that's not like a you know a, a traditional show, but I've been it watching counts. him you know every week for well, I mean he's not on every week, but I've been watching him pretty consistently for the last couple of years, and you know he he you know he fits in with that kind of uh, you know angry TV host type thing uh, who who you know uh, makes like like takes everything personally and and all that, which is. You know, it's a good shtick, but I but I understand why it frustrates some people. But I love it. Love it. I think I he's love, I, I think he's it. hilarious. I love all of the bits he does. I love how he you know he just drops ten thousand dollars to donate to like a like a like a like an animal hospital or something in exchange for the town doing something super ridiculous, or you know naming a naming a chlamydia ward or a sewage <laughs> plant after him. It's yep. like it's he's a talk show with an HBO budget and he has to do something with the money. And I'm glad he chooses to do good things while also maintaining the ridiculousness that makes the show and sort of his host persona uh, great in the first place. Well, and not only that, he's that the fact that he's on HBO gives him just so much more of a leash mm-hmm. uh, that he can just, he obviously can't do whatever he wants, but at the same time, yeah, he kind of can actually because he's you know between various you know threats of of lawsuits or you know from from some people i've i've been watching it since the beginning as well so i'm i'm a huge fan of it mm-hmm. and when i can't watch the series i'll ca- i'll catch at least the main segment on youtube because right. you know it's something that even if even if i don't agree with what he says or if i don't agree with the way he's saying it I still appreciate what he has to say and how he says it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of Last Week Tonight. It's part of that, you know, John Stewart tree from The Daily Show. That, you know, even um, the the Samantha B one that just got that uh, just got canceled not too long ago. That was that's decent too. Uh, but you know, Last Week Tonight is is still a great show. I, I still like it. So I'm glad to see that still people are still yeah. watching it as well. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I've I've I, I, I go to school near New York City and I've been trying to get tickets since, you, you know, for a year, but they just go up like that. I mean, they're all free, so they just go like that. But one day, sometime in these four years, I will get to see John Oliver live. It's going to happen because I feel like John Oliver is just going to keep doing this until mm-hmm. it's not like he's going to run out of topics to talk about yeah. at this point because <laughs> he's already gone through a couple topics a couple of times and there's been updated information and there's updated you know, just updated stories surrounding them, which is always appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but given our current political climate and given, you know, just how divisive everything is, there's always going to be something for him to talk about. So until HBO says, we're good, thank you, uh, which I, I can't imagine a scenario where they're like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> oh, he we're, said something we're offensive. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Bill Maher, you could stay here, but John Oliver, <laughs> see ya. No, no, thank you. Right. I, I, honestly, if I were to get rid of one of them, I, I would get rid of Bill Maher. But uh, th- that that that's just me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I I agree with you. You're yeah, all good. and you know the news never stops, and if the news never stops, neither does John Oliver. And even if even if HBO boots him off, somebody else is going to give him a job. Like somebody else is going to get him to do exactly the same thing because he has enough of a following. You know, as as we're proving, he has enough people that love to watch him um yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah um i do have to ask how often do you get to see movies uh in theaters and how many are with your kids and how many are just you <sighs> okay so from a theater going experience um the majority <laughs> okay so how how to address this so from a theater going experience <laughs> The majority of the stuff that I go see in the theater is with my my eldest daughter, who's five. So the last movie that I went to go see in theaters was The Minions. No, that's not true. It was the one before that. But I saw The Minions movie. Uh, 
the second one, which it's not even a Minions movie, but that's neither here nor there. But um, <laughs> everything then, is here nor there on this podcast, Mike. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but even even before that, you know, I I don't get very many chances to go to the movie theaters anymore because it's it's just it's it's number one it's so expensive to to go to the theater i can you know i was just talking about this with a friend that for that theater going experience when we went to go see minions uh between the tickets and concessions between me my daughter and then her friend and her dad that uh took her um we spent 80 bucks on it and to drop 80 bucks for a minions movie i don't know (laughs) something feels wrong with that it really does um I try to see, I, you know, even if I, when I do get to go to the movies, um, I, I hate to admit it, it's usually by myself, which. Hey, same. It's Yeah, same. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of, I kind of don't mind it though. I kind of, kind of don't mind it. I, I can go on my own schedule and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't have to share my popcorn selfishly and I can just go whenever I want. Cause I've got a couple theaters down the road from me and. One's got the fancy seats and the other, you know, is closer and less expensive. And I'll probably just go to that. So, um, so I, I would probably say I go to the theater maybe about three times a month, probably. And most of the time, like two times it's with my, my daughter to go see something that she wants to see or that I think she'd enjoy. And then I'll go see something either by myself or with like one other person usually super late at night because i I feel like i have to watch it yeah um yeah it's 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 interesting uh what you mentioned about going to the movies by yourself uh i um especially when i'm at school uh i try to see um most everything that looks interesting to me that comes to a theater nearby which is most everything uh because i i like to think that i have a pretty well-rounded uh view and taste in in film and um especially when you're close to new york city everything plays in everything new york city. yeah everything <laughs> i i lived in la for two uh for two years after college and mm-hmm. um that was among one of the perks obviously the weather's a huge perk and the right. fact that you're by an ocean and it's la and hollywood blah 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 but the fact that you know all of these movies are available and accessible to you in LA. Uh, it's kind of nice. Um, I, I live in the northern suburbs of Chicago, so I we get a fair amount of stuff here, but definitely not the same amount of stuff uh, that New York and LA get right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's just there are there are so many options, and uh, you get to see a lot of things that are going to be big but you don't know that they're going to be big until they are big but you've already seen them which is pretty cool like um uh foster and i saw everything everywhere all at once opening night of the limited release when nobody knew anything about it and then we saw an interview with the q uh, uh, uh q a with the directors afterward which was just oh, that's awesome incredible but you know it's it's stuff like that and uh i do have some friends at school that you know i don't typically form my schedule around them i decide when i want to see a movie and then i ask them i'm going now would you like to come with me they say yes or they say no if they say no i'm going alone absolutely no problem with that i get to save money because when people come with me that i invited i pay for them unless they tell me specifically not to Mm -hmm. um but especially uh here back home uh and like anything that comes to my tiny local independent theater i just get to see for free which is incredible. Uh, I just saw DC Super Pets the other day, and I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's on the list coming up yeah. soon. Yeah. So good thanks. luck. <laughs> thanks. thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's 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 just you know, I live in two different places uh, throughout you know at different points throughout the year, um, and I like to think that I have a pretty you know well rounded uh, you know. Uh, I, 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 I have a lot of options for going to see movies and most of the time it's going to be super expensive, but that's really most of what I'm spending money on aside from, you know, school. Uh, so I don't mind it as much, but I know, but I can imagine, especially in the future when money becomes, you know, is going to become at least, you know, much more of a, you know, and 
especially with with children i can imagine it's you know but still it's um nope. yeah uh Nobody tells you that their kids are super <laughs> expensive. You know, that's yeah. not, you know, they, t they say that having kids is, you know, a great joy. And I agree with them, but they don't tell you things like, oh, they're really expensive and they keep you up in the middle of the night and all right. that stuff. Those, that's, that's a fine print that they don't, they don't <laughs> tell you about. So let me, let me ask you something. So of how, how, how have the crowds been in, in movie theaters? Because so I, the two theaters that I was telling you about a second ago, so the one that has like the nice seats and everything like that, that's usually consistent, like not always full, but I don't think we're at the point where, or like around here at least, that people still feel comfortable going to the theater. And conversely, the other theater that I go to, the one I usually go to, part of the reason I go to go to it, other than it's closer and cheaper, is because not a lot of people go there anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm curious, how's you know how the crowd's been? How's the reactions? Are you know, is it just completely maskless around where right. where you're at, or how's it so been? It it really depends on where I am and what the movie is. To be completely honest, most oh, yeah. everything in um so so I live in Chatham in Massachusetts on you know like the very edge of uh, Cape Cod, and things here on Cape Cod are pretty much maskless. Uh, I know like like last summer things were maskless up until there was a big outbreak in 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 Provincetown and then and then everyone was was freaking out but now you know I'm knocking on wood here things seem to be yeah. pretty good yeah. thank you for appreciating my 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 visual joke that none of the I, podcast listeners got I got gotcha. you I got gotcha. you <laughs> yeah. I appreciated it yeah. um it's uh so so things have been pretty good and easy here and and I work in the theater and like some people come in with masks but I have a feeling most of them are summer people um, who, you know, who don't want to catch COVID on their vacation, which I completely understand. Um, but, you know, uh, it again, it really depends on the movie that you're going to. Um, my theater, the the independent uh, does uh, children's matinee films every morning. It's the reason I have to go in at eight o'clock instead of nine o'clock every morning now. Uh, and like so, so, for example, this week we're doing the Lego movie. If you oh. went to the Lego movie at 930, by the way, incredible, incredible movie. Just bought it on Blu-ray chef's kiss wouldn't change the thing <laughs> however <laughs> it's it's re the, the these children's movies are rowdier than than oh, the I... average uh film because you know it is parents bringing their children uh it is parents giving their children something to do in the morning that doesn't involve them taking care of them and because they don't want to take care of them even in the theater that means that the children are going to talk. The children are going to be not screaming loud, but they might be a little loud. I've gone to several of these morning matinees in the last couple weeks. It's not that distracting. It's it's just a theater full of children, you know? But if you went to where the crawdads sing at 1130, it's going to be dead silent because it's going to be a theater full of elderly people, which are the main demographic in my hometown. Right. And so it, it, like, it, it really depends on the movie. And But if you went to any other theater, like the local Regal or we have an Entertainment Cinemas, which is, I think, a Massachusetts chain in, uh, in a town nearby – those crowds are pretty respectful because you know those are like the big chain theaters. But the independent, I like the independents. I feel like are are different in that it almost feels they almost feel more casual. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Again, it you know to boil it down depends on the movie, depends on the time. Honestly, yeah. Okay, uh, just just curious about that because I there there have been some movies that you know. I don't get to very, see very many movies on opening weekend or anything like that. I think the last two that I saw on opening weekend were Spider-Man No Way Home and uh, Doctor Strange in the mm -hmm. Multiverse of Madness. And those are ones where uh, crowd experience, um, definitely not the end-all be-all, but it, it, helps it helps a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so when I went to go see Top Gun Maverick and there was only like a handful of people there, I don't know. I felt like I was kind of missing out a little bit because mm -hmm. um, I was on the edge of my seat. I love Top Gun Maverick, and I just kind of feel like it just felt different because it it was like a couple weeks out. It was it's still making a ton of money, um, yeah. and it's still very popular because you know there's not a lot of great movies that have come out since then. 
controversial opinion. Well, probably not, but it's still <laughs> it's still one of those things where um, I don't know. I kind of miss the crowded theater, loud reaction type of experience because I haven't really gotten that a whole lot since COVID COVID started, which is a bummer because it's the thing I miss the most about the movie theater experience. Yeah. Yeah, um, I do agree uh, about there not being that many, you know, incredible films released lately. So I, I did see Top Gun Maverick opening weekend. I wasn't so usually I I don't rush to the theater, but I do like seeing stuff as early as I can just so I can really, uh, you know, contextualize in my own head the box office and all that. That's the stuff I'm interested in uh, and, you know, why it's making money, where it's making money, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, uh, Top Gun, I did see, I wasn't rushing to see Top Gun cause I did, really didn't love the first movie. Um, but, uh, but everyone was adoring Maverick. And so I knew that, you know, I had decently, you know, decent expectations going in and my theater played it for seven weeks straight. Uh, it was huge and we're actually getting it back in like, we're, we're getting it back in like two weeks. Uh, cause, cause people have been just asking, do you still have Top Gun Maverick? What is, so what does that say about Top Gun Maverick versus the field at, at that point? Is that mm -hmm. more of a commentary that Top Gun Maverick is just that good? Or is that a, more of a commentary? It's like, yeah, the field is just, eh, it's, right. it's been kind of a, kind of a hit and miss summer unfortunately mm -hmm. i mean it's the same thing with tv as well it's been a hit and yeah. miss summer for tv as well but i feel like the box office this year you know blame COVID for everything because all these movies get pushed back and pushed back and now a lot of them are getting dropped here and just i think i feel like a lot of them are underperforming or just haven't been as well received as people were hoping right right and you know, uh, Top Gun, I feel like there's a lot of factors there. It like it, it has the name recognition. It has the nostalgia factor. It has Tom Cruise. It's a summer movie. People are saying, you know, like people are talking about, oh, it's, it's it, like it's such a feel good story. It's simple. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to think about it. It's action packed. It's fun. And I feel like it's, you know, s saying that it's word of mouth that, you know, might seem a little strange, but I, I genuinely think that's what it is. It's just a different kind of word of mouth than, say, for example, Everything Everywhere, which ha has word of mouth because it was surprising. I don't think Top Gun was surprising. I think people weren't expecting what it was. So I guess it is a little surprising, um, but I guess in a, in a, in a different way, in, very, in more of a happy way. Very, very different way mm -hmm. because I... I saw everything everywhere all at once after it was released and after pretty much everybody that I trusted from a film perspective were glowing on it. And if, if it's not like universally praised, but if it's praised by as many people that I trust as mm -hmm. I was hearing, then I'm hoping that I got, I would get something out of it. Um, and I, I was just blown away because I, I remember seeing the trailer for it and I was seeing the trailer for like three nope. years oh my god <laughs> and, I, and I was like no no I'm not gonna be interested in this but this and the the matrix were two were two movies that I saw the trailer like the first couple times I saw the trailer I was like no not interested and then once you finally get hearing the reviews from people like no this is actually really good you should give it a chance and you're like maybe I should give it a chance and <laughs> pleasant pleasantly surprised it was that good top gun I had I almost had no expectations of it because mm -hmm. as a Tom Cruise sequel, it's like, it's, what kind of story can we tell this far away from the original property? And this, this is a big trend coming up now is that, you know, let's resurrect something from a long time ago and let's see if we can continue to capitalize it. And sometimes it works and most of the time it doesn't though, but this is one one thing, because I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Top Gun, Top Gun's fine. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly, it, it is exactly what it needs to be. It's not like Top Gun is the Citizen Kane of the 1980s. So let's calm down about that. Yeah. However, it's got a great soundtrack. It's got cool action, memorable, memorable characters, all, all that crap that we need from an 80s movie. Right. But then now with it being so long after the fact, 
um, for it to be not only good, but, you know, way better than it has any business being. Mm -hmm. um, tip of the cap to them. Good for yeah. them for, yeah. for sticking to their guns, making a good story, making the story that they want to, and, you know, diving in to, like, all the right things from a nostalgia standpoint and still telling a semi-coherent story. So props to right. them. Yeah, and taking what made the first film, you know, so beloved and making it a little less cheesy while also making it more um, universally appealing, I think. Um, yeah. Because as, as far as I know, people of all ages are enjoying this movie. A lot of kids have come in um, to the theater to see it. And, uh, you know, because the parents remember, oh, you know, the parents and grandparents remember, oh, Top Gun, it was great. Uh, we want our kids to have the same experiences that we had seeing this one. Uh, and on, honestly, I think a lot of a lot of my generation and, and, you know, especially younger are going to see this movie and be just wowed, especially if they see it in a theater, uh, hopefully with a great sound system, because I feel like that's that's the best way uh, to to see it. It matters. It definitely does. It definitely helps. So mm -hmm. we'll give you that. I take it you're a proponent of the uh, theatrical experience. I am. Um, I don't know. There's something about seeing it at home that it just doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. Because I remember, I remember when I was in high school in the early 2000s and such, um, going to see some of those movies in theaters and it it just wasn't a theater going experience. It was like an event to go to these things with my friends. We, I saw all three Lord of the Rings movies on opening weekend with same, same group of friends. And it just kept expanding further and further because we just were huge fans. Um, and sure, there was a lot of movies that we saw that just weren't great, but we also made sure that if there was like a third or like a, early movie or like a midnight movie we would we would be there we'll you know if it calls for dressing up or anything like that we're yeah we're going to be those people who will dress up at the movie and just enjoy our experience to the best of our abilities mm -hmm. so yes i'm yeah. it's it's not the same anybody who says it's the same is kidding themselves or um, like has a has a home theater <laughs> that they can yeah. talk about <laughs> well sure the, you know a fancy a fancy 4k setup with great audio and you know great lighting and everything like that sure it's still anybody who says that it's the same or even like close to like what you get seeing it because part of the fun is seeing it with other people as mm -hmm. well yep. um so e even if you go by yourself you're still with other people around you to some extent or another so like like last year, for example, with the, you know, with HBO sending stuff, you know, direct to HBO Max uh, and seeing seeing things in theaters. I saw, there were a couple times that I did both. I saw some things in theaters and some things, uh, some things at home. And it's, it's different. It's, and in this case, different, it just isn't, isn't better to some extent or another. So I, Anytime that I will get the chance to see things in theaters, I will. But if I yeah. don't, I at least have a plethora of streaming services to try to take advantage of. So I at least exactly. have that for me. Yeah, yeah. Bringing it back to what you said a minute ago, what I would have done to be able to see The Lord of the Rings in theaters, that just seems like such a transcendent experience. Mm -hmm. um, that I mean, I've only seen it on my TV and my friend's TV. And uh, that's, you know... That's it. And uh, I, I, I was born uh, two days before the Two Towers uh, theatrical release. Uh, and my parents, and, and I've heard a lot from my older friends about seeing it in theaters as well. It just, I just can't even imagine. And perhaps Dune is the closest that my generation is going to get. I mean, I saw that in IMAX and that was pretty mind blowing too. But at the same time, I feel like there's no recapturing that magic, at least not anytime soon. Uh, it, it, it really was just lightning in a bottle, as far as I can tell. The Two Towers is my favorite movie of all time because, <laughs> and it, a large part of it is because of the theater going experience. Because I, I, I was in high school when The Two Towers came out, and I'd seen a fair amount of movies 
uh, before that that were that were things that I'm glad that I saw in theaters. Uh, so, for example, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters, right. um, and that was that was amazing. Um, I saw Saving Private Ryan in theaters, and you want to talk about something with sound and something that you've <laughs> never seen before? It's like, oh, okay, this, uh, yeah, okay, this this is pretty amazing. But that the Battle of Helm's Deep in you know with all these people just at the edge of their seats and just getting to experience that with other people i'm i'm never going to forget that ever yeah. and that's that's why we as people who love movies love going to the theater because you have certain experiences that you're just like wow i this this was a really amazing thing just to see with other people just to get the people's reactions and just to kind of experience it with other people and do miss that i think the last time that i did get that experience was uh, avengers endgame and mm-hmm. you know just a different it's different because it's 10 years of films culminating with that that one film but i i just remember the battle of helms deep that everyone's eyes were glued to it there wasn't a nobody was talking this was pre like heavy cell phone days where yeah. people you know pre smartphone that's that's the word I was trying to say because I had a little Nokia phone that <laughs> play Snake on, and that's about it. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. It was just one of those amazing experiences that um, you can't get sitting at home watching it. Right. Absolutely. I remember uh, Endgame. Uh, I was there opening night, the earliest showing. I think it was Thursday at seven p.m. I was with all of my school friends and we were, we were all very jazzed. It was a sold out theater. And that I think, I mean, that was my most anticipated movie of all time up to then. Cause it was, you know, as you mentioned, 10 years of, 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 of buildup, so much potential and like literally anything could happen. Yep. Uh, and, and of course, none of what people expected to happen actually happened as is the case with Marvel movies. Um, but uh, I, you know, I will never forget, uh, you know, Mjolnir getting picked up by some unknown force. It flies past Thanos. We have no idea what's happening. Goes into Captain America's hand. The theater goes crazy. Every Rust, single, yeah. you know, like like theater reaction video I've seen. Um, definitely not trying to relive that moment, but it's just it's all you know gone crazy every single time. And mm-hmm. that was just such a that was just such a crazy experience because it was so one of a kind and one that i mean who knows if you know the kang dynasty or secret wars will be able will have moments that will replicate that i have a feeling that some will get close but i don't know if 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 it's ever going to get to that to those heights again it's a great question and you know veering very often to that you know we, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about um about the comic con slate from right you know, and particularly the Marvel one, which, you know, arguably was this was probably one of the standouts of the weekend. So what are, what are your thoughts on the phase four culmination and the phase five slate that they have coming out? Well, I think it's interesting ending phase four with Black Panther, uh, because honestly, uh, it seems that I don't know if you've seen the graphics, you know, that uh, compare the phases by runtime. But phase four is like is is longer than any of the other phases combined purely because of the TV shows that have been, uh, you know, that 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 have been released. But oh man, I don't know. I am excited because now before that day, I, th- I feel like everyone was worried about Marvel, but now we know they have a plan, which is really good. We know that they are building to something, even though it's not coming until I graduate from college, which blows my freaking mind. Um, but uh, I am I am just excited, and I don't really know how else to articulate that other than, you know, even if it wasn't going here, even if it wasn't going in this direction or if they didn't have a specific end game uh, in mind, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I would still watch every Marvel thing that's released. They're not doing this for star Wars, but I'm still going to watch every star Wars thing that's released because that's just the kind of person I am. I love these worlds. And even if they're not what they used to be, I am still, I'm still totally in 
until they either end or they offend me so terribly that I just, you know, that I disown them entirely, which I, you know, which is probably the least likely scenario of all of these. But I'm just flat out excited, uh, you know, e- no matter what's coming. Uh, I know a lot more is going to be announced at D23 in uh, September. So who knows what more they could be uh, They could be preparing to unveil. Um, something Deadpool-related, perhaps? Armor Wars? Uh, more, more, more Blade news? <laughs> the, the Armor Wars, like, I, I was reading an article recently about has Marvel canceled Armor Wars? And I just remember thinking to myself, thinking that, you know, we, we do – just because Marvel didn't announce it didn't mean that it's not coming to some extent or another. Let's, let's calm down. And if there's anybody that has been given the benefit of the doubt, like Kevin, I trust you. You kind of, you kind of know what you're doing here. So, um, okay. Yeah. So (laughs) plus, you know, like, I don't know the Marvel's, foray into into the tv universe has been has been fine so far but it's i don't know i'm still i'm still very excited about mainly the the movies as opposed Mm -hmm. to the tv shows as well i mean you know they're making a lot of the same promises for ant-man and the wasp quantumania than they made for you know doctor strange it's going to change the mcu forever it's going to be a big team-up movie i don't care if it doesn't surpass those expectations we know we are getting kang the conqueror we know we're getting more paul rudd we know we're getting like freaking modok i don't care if it's like this big team-up event because not everything needs to be a big team-up event thor love and thunder you know was heavily advertised as being a thor guardians of the galaxy team-up movie and of course that's not what it was not 20 minutes 20 minutes later you're just like exactly that's that's it okay not not even 20 it was it it was like it was like 15 minutes it's just a quarter of an hour and it's it's just you know not everything has to be on such a big scale and I know the the TV shows have been pretty good about keeping things low relatively. Like Miss Marvel, I think was Miss Marvel and Hawkeye, I think were perhaps the best indications of how things can be self-contained and street level, and you know doesn't necessarily have to be world-ending stakes while still connecting to the overall universe. And I think these shows still have a long way to go, but I think generally they should leave the larger scale storytelling for the movies because those are what most people are going to watch. If the Miss Marvel viewership numbers are any indication, not enough people are watching these shows to make a little detail pivotal in the future. You know, when Miss Marvel appears in the Marvels, they are going to recap guaranteed everything that happened that is important from Miss Marvel for the people that didn't watch it. And if they didn't, you know, if they didn't film it when they originally did it, they're going to do it in reshoots because they realize they might have to. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, are you optimistic about the future of uh, universes like Star Wars and Marvel? Um, Mar. The, the bubbles is gonna burst eventually, and there's there's going to be there's going to be a decline in viewership at some point or another because how long can Marvel keep this keep this going? It's I'm shocked that. They pulled this off at all, um, and but like you, I'm going to see it no matter no matter what. Um, there there are certain universes that I'm more excited about, but you know, from a tepid standpoint, like I'm a little concerned slash confused about what's going on with DC right now. Yeah, because you know, DC's got a lot of great prospects and i think their big mistake was trying to replicate what marvel did at an accelerated rate and it just blew up Mm -hmm. in their face yeah you know marvel had the marvel had the bank for you know to be patient and dc just didn't they they metaphorically blew their load too quickly to some Mm -hmm. extent or another and now dc dc with the warner brothers discover merger and everything like that dc is going to be in shambles and i just don't know how many more reboots we're going to get before dc kind of just picks a lane and decides to stick with it right i mean honestly i think dc is best when they're just doing 
individual things, you know, with with cameos from like other, you know, characters like who cares who plays Batman in in which movie? I heard that, you know, I don't know if you heard this, but Batman, uh, Ben Affleck, Batman is going to appear in the post credits of of Aquaman, Aquaman. too, because the Flash is coming out after Aquaman when it was supposed to come out before. And so then Flash is going to reset everything. And then Michael Keaton's going to be Batman again. But I don't know. Like, who cares who plays Batman? Who cares? Like, I, I hear Wonder Woman might show up in, in Shazam. Like, I Why? feel like... Why? Is it, I don't know. It, Gal, Gal Gadot loves money, I guess. Sure, sure. Yeah. But at this point also, because it's... Because Marvel's guilty of this as well, that this is... It's purely for, for fan service and to be like, mm-hmm. eh, look, look what we got. Look over here. <laughs> let's Let's set aside that, you know, this movie this movie was potentially crap and our, you know, the actors that are, that are in it are in a ton of trouble right now, but look what we got over here. Um, yeah, it's DC, DC is just the standalone stuff. Um, not only the standalone stuff, but just keeping things separate. Like I like the Batman a lot this year. I, you know, it's not going to be like my top movie of the year or anything like that, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, and, as if if they just keep Batman contained in this in within this story, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need Batman interacting with Superman and the rest of the Justice League right now because, you know, I, I just like his individual story. Let's just leave it at that. It's okay to do that. Absolutely. I am curious about your thoughts on a Joker sequel. I was already on the fence about Joker as it is, and mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that what they had was perfectly fine. I don't I don't need a sequel to it. I'm good. What about you? Uh, I think the prospect of a sequel completely undermines what made the first movie work in 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 such a fundamental way, and it risks ruining that. On the other hand. There is a way to do a sequel and make it not really a sequel. And my mind is not as awake as I probably should be because it's almost 1030 here. Oh, no, but you, you, you go there. I, I want right. to hear this. So it's it's let's, let's go. It's just a matter of, um, you know, the first movie is not clear about what is in his head and what is not in his head. Right. The second movie, in order to work as a sequel, needs to be equally unclear. And needs to and needs to follow the first movie in a way that that doesn't con- that barely connects to it or doesn't connect to the first one at all. It just I mean it seems like we're getting Joaquin Phoenix back, but even but even if we didn't, that would be even better because then it would make it even less of a sequel, and the two movies can work individually. Yeah. I also hear that it could be a musical, which I would not say no to because that would uh, only serve to make it more unique. And that Lady Gaga may or may not play Harley Quinn. Now, this is, of course, all speculation because this movie won't be coming out for, I don't know, years. at least three more years. Yeah. So it's, you know, every single thing that I'm saying should be taken with a truckload of salt. But at the same time, this all seems very interesting to me. And again, if it's, you know, as long as it doesn't try to um, connect to the overall DC universe in an annoying way, and I highly doubt it will. The first one didn't do that either, you know, aside from a, you know, mini Bruce Wayne uh, cameo, which is, and, and you know, because Thomas Wayne was a part of the movie, and I, I don't really mind that because it seemed like it took place in the, you know, in the 70s or the 80s or something. And that was, I really like that aesthetic. And I hope they use a different aesthetic for the sequel, only, you know, only to make it more individual. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I absolutely don't think it needs to exist, but if it does exist, I want it to be equally weird and even more so, um, than, than the first one and just really to be its own thing. I think that's really the best thing that could, that it could have going for it. I mean, isn't that what we're clamoring for with a lot of, I, I feel like Marvel has kind of, with this past phase has kind of painted themselves a little bit in a corner because what's what, like, what's something that a lot of fans have been looking for from Marvel properties. They want them to be a little bit more unique, a little bit more, have their director stamp a little bit more. However, the last couple movies that did have their director stamps on them, uh, that 
didn't do so hot and aren't as well received. So like the Eternals, you know, Chloe Zhao is a great director, but maybe not for a Marvel movie, you know, and yeah. um, Sam Raimi, you know, great stuff. I, I liked a lot of what he brought to the table with Multiverse of Madness. I'm still shocked that he came back to do a superhero movie after his experience with Spider-Man, but I guess Sony and Disney are different somehow. So whatever. Um, but that was something that it didn't, the Sam Raimi-ness of Multiverse of Madness didn't appeal as much to 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 some people because it just was, it just felt a little off. And even, mm -hmm. even Thor Love and Thunder, you know, a lot of people were like, man, they really let Taika Waititi go on this and it's not for everybody. And now people are like, yeah, like maybe, maybe there's something to be said about just having, just having a, you know, a company man director just go with these and just have them have like similar tone and everything like that. And you juxtapose that with something like what DC is doing, you know, kind of with the Joker, with Joker and everything like that, where, you know, it's its own thing, it's individual and it's different and unique. And I'll take that any day of the week, but then we turn around and Marvel is getting slammed for that, for letting directors direct. And people are like, eh, well, I'd rather go back to how it was before. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the industry is changing so much in what they're accepting and how they're accepting it that I don't know if we, if there's the possibility of even going back um, in that, you know, uh, everything is, you know, depending on what does well at the box office, that is going to um, inspire, you know, like the next maybe, you know, one year, two years down the road, we're going to see a lot of movies that aren't necessarily imitating that movie, but they have elements of that movie. And they are, you know, they are trying to replicate its, its success in one way or another. Um, now, of course, this doesn't go for every movie, but I think just generally, I'm thinking back uh, to the 80s and the 90s and even the 70s when there was a successful horror movie, um, you know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, even Scream that, uh, you know, that just totally shook up the genre there was a slew of of even shameless imitators within the next couple of years and um just to uh, and you know even friday the 13th the original friday the 13th was a ripoff of of halloween in a way and so just uh to see that you know this has been going on for a long time it's it doesn't surprise me but it does make me a little sad um because you know originality i am all for originality i love originality uh i'm i'm i didn't love nope jordan peele's nope as much as i wanted to but it's an original movie and it has you know it is a great cast it is a great director and it is a lot of original and unique ideas and i respect the hell out of that even if i didn't really really love the movie yeah i nope nope's on my to get to list but like mm -hmm. kind of a a similar thing that um a, a similar show that I had that same thought with uh, this year was Atlanta season three. Um, I didn't like it as much as the previous seasons, but I respect them swinging for the fences and them doing their thing and just going for it. And I'll give, I'll give extra props and credit to people who swing for the fences uh, as opposed to going for a bunt just to get on base, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, now, yeah. If, if you look at if you look at like the movies that have made the most money this year, almost none of them are original anymore. And that's mm -hmm. that's a bummer. It, now. It, and it is a bummer. So I mean, other other than everything 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 everywhere all at once, what are some other original movies that you've really you've seen this year that you were like, Yep, that was that was great. I mean, it really begs the question of what is originality, because I don't know what I would call the Northman, because the Northman is based off Hamlet and Viking legends. Does that make it original? I would go so far as to say yes. Yeah. Um, y y you know, because it is it is original much more than, say, the Batman is or Minions is. But I also, you know, this year I liked X. I like Marcel the Shell with with shoes on. I like the unbearable weight of massive talent. There is a decent amount of originality out there, but I'm looking at my list of, of 2022. A lot of this is, you know, 
based on something or, you know, adapted from something or inspired by something. And, you know, even even a lot of the original stuff like The Atom Project, uh, which came out on Netflix earlier this year, is just so heavily inspired by a lot of stuff um, that, you know, you can see it's written all over it. Star Wars, Spielberg, uh, just 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 so much that it is not even trying to hide, which is not bad. You know, I, I would absolutely not fault it for that. It's just showing its influences. But it's just kind of a shame that, you know, um, that I don't believe there's any wholly original ideas left, which really, really sucks. Uh, and I hate that those words just came out of my mouth, but it's true. Well, but not only that, um, and I'm going to pick on Disney for a Mm -hmm. second here with this, um, because their original ideas for the most part, um, you know, let's set aside Marvel and star Wars and let's just go with like Pixar, for example, their, their Pixar stuff when it's not a sequel is largely original to some extent mm-hmm. or another. And yet for the most part, they're relegating things to Disney plus. And I hate that about that. Mm-hmm. Pixar is getting relegated to Disney plus for sell, for trying to tell original and unique stories, um, which Disney animated studios is trying to do the same thing with Raya and Encanto uh, and everything like that. And even this strange worlds, like I almost called it strange new worlds because that's what it <laughs> remind me of. But yeah. even this strange worlds um, movie that's coming out later this year um, looks cool. It does give me Star Trek vibes, but you know, it still looks cool. But then something like turning red, which I thoroughly enjoyed this year, um, mm-hmm was not expecting to enjoy it as much as it did. It had a really great message about what it means to grow up and yet Disney didn't have enough confidence in it to release it, release it wide. It was much better than Lightyear, in my opinion. Yep. I would I would have to agree with that. And um like I I think it it will be when we look at the pandemic and everything like that and we look at some of the movies that got to theaters and some that didn't, um I think that we're going to look back at the hit, well, in the film history books at least, and it's always going to scratch people's heads like, Soul. Why didn't Soul make it to theaters? We all know why, because, you know, it's pandemic. It was still rough and everything like that. Um, but I think my experience of watching Soul would have been much more enriched had I seen it in theaters as opposed to watching it on my TV at home. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um, as much as I would love to keep discussing this topic with you, let's let's keep it going next time you're on the show. Um, sure. We are reaching the end of our time. and But before we go, I do have to ask, what is the best thing you've seen lately? I know it can be um, hard, especially with, you know, you watch so much stuff. So let me, let me take a look. Um. I really should start telling my guests that I'm going to ask this question ahead of uh, ahead of time so they can prepare something. I haven't the last three episodes, and you know, <laughs> it's it's part of the charm of the yeah. show. You you do you, so don't. <laughs> it's it's your show, damn it. So you do what you want. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm gonna have to go. The best thing I've seen lately is the bear on the bear on on FX. I've heard a lot about it. Tell me more. So what I loved about the bear was that it's it's a show that encompasses a lot of different things and it's trying to juggle a lot of stuff so on one end it's a show about this gourmet chef who decides to uh, take on his brother's restaurant um, a sandwich shop in chicago after his brother dies so it's you know just talking about this one guy's experience um, going from you know being a world class chef in a like one of the finest restaurants in the world to a sandwich shop, so so that's that's one aspect. But it also is this other aspect about how do you you know how do you turn you know all these people that don't necessarily agree with what you're trying to do and make it into a family. Like the kitchen dynamic is is amazing, and anyone that's ever worked in a restaurant, I've only worked in 
one restaurant before I was, I made pizzas in college for about three months before they <laughs> fired me because I couldn't give them enough, enough hours during the week, which is fine. It is what yeah. it is. But, you know, anybody who's ever been worked in a restaurant, like, oh yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> there's always, you know, when somebody comes in, tries to like implement new stuff, especially for, you know, a, a veteran crew, it just, it's weird and, you know, stop it. But it's also a beautiful exploration about, about grief and anxiety and it just not at all what I was expecting. So if, if there's a, if there's anything this summer that I've seen lately that I'm like, I was not expecting anything from this and I was pleasantly surprised at how good it is. It'll be the bear on nice. FX slash Hulu. So, yeah. That's one of the shows that I'm going to have to catch up on at some point because I've, I've heard it, it kind of, you know, it came, came out of nowhere, kind of surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Um, got a lot of, got a lot of recommendations for it. So yes, thank you uh, for, for, for letting me know more about it. It's quick. It's quick mm-hmm. because you know, in this day and age where shows are an hour long or like looking at you, Stranger Things, two and a half hours <laughs> long, um, these are half hour episodes and there's only nice. eight of them. So you wow. can you can probably crank the show out in, in a morning and by the end of it, you're just like, that's it? Mm-hmm. Crap. I And <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of, there's a lot of speculation about whether or not it was going to get a second season because... Um, you know, capitalism, I guess, but, right. uh, but thankfully it's getting a second season because the way it ends, like, Oh dear God, I hope that there's a second <laughs> season. So, nice. um, so yes, for sure. The bear, check it out. If you've got Hulu, check, check it out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. I've, 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 I've loved having you and I hope to have you back at some point. For sure. I will come back anytime that you ask. So Love appreciate it. it. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, it was great talking to you about um, a plethora of topics. Of course. Uh, in in addition to, uh, I'm sure, depressing both of us uh, while, while, while discussing the future of cinema. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anywhere you would like to send people online, social media profiles, anything? Sure. Um, you can check out... Um, Check out uh, the articles that I write for sippop.com. Upcoming stuff uh, that I have coming out. Um, I've got a review of Irma Vep coming out soon. Um, And then two, when uh, the seasons end, uh, I've got one for the Orville season three, which I've got very strong opinions about, and uh, physical season two um, coming out soon. And then I also write for Scribe Magazine as well. that but it you can catch pretty much everything uh on twitter at hilti underscore mike uh that's my twitter handle so everything will be there Mm -hmm. very nice very nice well go follow mike on all the social media platforms i've read a lot of his articles they are very good and uh very educational as well if you're on the fence about a show uh mike is the person to go to um, so I want to thank you all out there for listening. Uh, please go to the leniencritic.com. That's L E N I E N T critic. I write about movies and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I try to see everything major that comes out. Can't promise that I'll review all of it. Looking at you, super pets. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely, uh, write a lot about a lot. Um, so uh, once again, thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and, uh, yeah, over and out.